Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
it would be like last case scenario for us to not be able to come to church together. You know, it's coming together with other people is really strengthening for your faith and the fact that you don't have to do life alone. Gathering with other people, even in church, outside of church, shows how much God puts other people in your life for a purpose and he can guide you through anything and even being able to have a conversation with others about him just is such a blessing. The blessings of Bible study say we um, we love getting together in the smaller groups you get to know people on a different level, more intimate level, um, you share stories which helps you go spiritually. I love being around people that have the same beliefs as we do, the same morals, the same values. Um, just the idea of fellowship and togetherness. There's a lot of times when I'm, when I'm the one who, whose faith is strong and I get to be that for somebody else because we are here together in worship. And then there's times when, when my faith is weak and somebody else's faith is strong. You know, sometimes that's Scott and I back and forth, but sometimes you go through stuff and if you don't have a church body to do life together and worship together and come together and do that, then life is life is harder than it, it should be. And you know, it's not about coming to church so that for what others can can do and give to you. It's what, what we can do for others too, serving too. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I mean, when you're surrounded by non-believers, that's definitely like a crucial part of you know being a Christian, because uh, you have to you know share the word with them. But that can also be pretty draining on you, where it's nice to kind of refill your you know, your tank and be around other believers. I like to get together with all different walks of people, have them all see that it doesn't matter what you, what life you walk, we're all we're all in this life together and you you all sort of start blending together and learning that you can lean on each other at different times. It's pretty amazing to see that just being yourself out with a group of anybody, if you're walking it, they see it. They'll ask you without you asking them. Well, Jesus was all about relationship and seeing my friends uh, every Sunday morning is just such a blessing. So we become socially connected to those that we worship with. That's just a really um, strong sense of family that we have at 1C um, because when we, we know if something goes wrong, <laughs> those people will be there. We love to serve together. So like the Thanksgiving meal is a lot of fun because you come together and everybody um, is pitching in and doing like you know, the craziest jobs. You have people from all walks of life standing side by side doing something for the community. I love gathering together with anyone and everyone. If it's Sunday for trench talks or even just our Wednesday night meal. Um, we've been at 1C quite a while, so we've been blessed to be um, in a lot of small groups finding those that we're always learning and growing together in our faith. What I can learn from others and how they see God at work in their life often helps me stop and think more intentionally about what God is doing in my life. It's so much different to worship together. Your church family really can't be its best functioning family if we're not together. You know, you think about like the relationships you have with anybody, you know, with a spouse or a friend. If you don't spend time together, it doesn't matter how much that you text or stay connected. It's like 
being in person together strengthens that relationship tenfold. And it's the same with church. Last week, we saw little snippets of the blessings of worship, coming together and celebrating and rejoicing. This week, we talk about the blessings of being together in community. And I hope you get a flavor of that. I hope you're experiencing that. And we're going to be talking about that as this concept of all in unfolds over the next couple of weeks, how important it is to be in community. All right, welcome to each and every one of you. Glad that you're here in worship, whether in the house or online. Glad that you're with us. I want to go through a couple quick announcements. Uh, if you are a guest, whether online or in person, we want to get to know you. We really do. So if you would text 1C Guest 94000, you can put it in the comments section on Facebook Live if you'd like to, or stop at Next Steps on the way out, and we, uh, we have a gift for you. We'd love to meet you and greet you. Also, we're going to have some prayer time a little bit later, and if you're here and there's something on your heart that you would like included in the worship today and in prayer, you can text your prayer request to 402-242-5051. You can also put it in the comments section on Facebook Live. We also have uh, little prayer sheets that you can fill out that are in the family gathering area. And then thirdly, we have communion. And uh, just a reminder here at 1C, we believe it is a gift that God gives to his church. And here at 1C, we believe that it's bread and wine or bread and juice, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that's your belief, we would invite you, in fact, encourage you to join us. And we serve communion two different ways. One is continuous. So at a certain point in the service, we'll invite you to come forward. Or if you'd rather stay where you are and be seated, you can actually get these little individual communion sets to be able to take where you're seated. And if you didn't get it coming in, you can go during the next song and get it at the kitchen window in the family um, gathering space. Also, we want to encourage you every week, if you would, please, please, please pick up a brochure on the way in or on the way out. Uh, we're trying to get out so much information, and we don't want to use a lot of worship service time to do that. So we put it here, we have it, um, it's actually our weekly connections get posted on Facebook, you can go to our website, you can find this information so many different ways. So I want to highlight just two things that are coming up. Number one is our Thanksgiving community meal. Uh, I remember it's, it was like one of the first events I noticed when I got here, and wow, to see hundreds of people come here and to be served and loved. And we're going to do it again this year. So, a couple things. You can start inviting people. You can let them know we have this. We also are looking for volunteers. And you can find out more information. Again, call the church office. Go onto our website. There's a lot of way to get to know that. The other, other thing I want to highlight is, is uh, what's called a surprise party. So, in light of our small groups, you know, getting people together and connected, uh, we're going to have this. And, and the, the details are, again, here or on our website. You'll find it. Love for you to be a part of that. It's a very um, kind of informal, lightweight, pretty easy experience. So if that's something that is tugging on your heart, we'd love for you to be a part of that. That's it for announcements. Let's continue to worship.
Let's sing together. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I am never alone. You're a good, good father. Hardly think as you call
Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message, so you can make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. Come on up. All right. Well, I brought some things with me today, and I want to see if you know what they are. All right. Do you know what this is? A picture. Yeah, it's a picture. And it's a painting of a candlestick and a glass bottle. Yeah. Well, did you know that when we read the Bible, it paints a picture for us of who God is and what he looks like? That's pretty cool, isn't it? All right. Now, the next one, you'll have to tell me if you recognize anybody in this one. All right. Do you recognize anybody in this one? It's a mirror. Yeah. Who do you see in there? Yeah, you see yourself, don't you? Yeah. Did anybody look in a mirror this morning when they were getting ready? No. Yeah. Some of you did. I hear a no. No? Didn't brush your teeth either? You brushed your teeth? Okay, good. Did you look in the mirror to comb your hair or to check your clothes, see how you looked? You brush your teeth? Good. Did you look in the mirror when you were shaving to make sure you didn't miss any? He doesn't shave? Oh, you're not ready to shave yet? Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah? You scrub your face? Okay. Yes. Well, you know what? When we read the Bible, we can also think of it as a mirror because God can teach us things about ourselves, too. All right. And then the last one. It is a window. Nope, I didn't break it. I borrowed this one from somebody. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you ever looked out a window in your house? Yeah. What do you see when you look through the window? You see yourself? You see outside? What kind of things do you see outside? Do you see other people? Yeah. Cars, houses, trees. Dirt bikes, birds. Yes. So you know what? When we read the Bible, we can also think about it like a window because God can teach us how to see the world and the people around us like he does. All right, boys and girls. Now, when we, when we think about reading the Bible... Right? We can read the Bible, this type of Bible, or we can read a kid's Bible, right? And when we do this and we spend time together, we can think about what we're learning through a picture, a mirror, and a window. Now, what are these three things again? What is this? A uh, picture. Good job. One more time. Nice and loud. Ready? A Good job. Picture, mirror, window. And so when we um, spend time reading God's word or we get together for a kid's message or go to church, we can talk about these things and what God is teaching us through these three frames of picture, mirror, and window. What is God showing me about who he is, how he sees me, and how I can see the world and the people around me differently? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and pray. And then you can head on back to your seats. Will you fold your hands, bow your head, and repeat after me. 
Lord Jesus, help me to see you better and to see what you have for me and to be like you in this world. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Thanks for coming up. And moms and dads and adults, just wanted to let you know that we have an um, online resource on our website. If you go to Messages, and just underneath the Messages tab, right above the live stream window, there is a link for an at-home discussion uh, resource, and it has the picture mirror window along with some other things that you can use as, your, as families at home with friends, other adults, with kids, however you want to. But it's a great way to do fun, easy, simple um, devotions at home. And before we go into the next song, I uh, just want to let you know that since COVID, uh, we have not been passing any baskets or anything just to be sensitive to that. And after talking to the medical field, they're feeling like now it's okay. We know, no, we know a lot more about COVID. So uh, we're going to reinstitute the passing of the baskets. We're going to call them joy baskets because the primary purpose for this will be the giving of our tithes and offerings. And uh, I just think there is a joy when we give. And there's also joy because we receive. So joy is the center part for this. So I'd like to maybe start this moment off with prayer, just asking God to, again, move us uh, and, and lead us in a way of being faithful to him. So let's pray. Lord, thank you again as we consider all that you have said to us throughout the years. We know that you love us with an everlasting love. And as we think about how we can say thank you in return, we do so by what we do uh, with our time, our talents, and even our treasures. So as we begin and we reinstitute the joy basket, uh, may you move within the hearts of your people in a way that is faithful. And may we respond to all that you've given to us as we respond back to you uh, with what you've given us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I'm 
prepare to receive the Lord's Supper. Let's go to him now in prayer. Oh God, as we consider who you are and how you love, uh, we do have a sense of joy and thanksgiving. And we thank you for the ways in which you pour out your love for us. And also, Lord, we have a sense of um, Well, pain and hurt, when we think about the sin that we commit, the sin against you, the sin against others, by what we say, by what we do, our rebellion. So we come before you and we lay all of this sin at your feet. And we plead to you to to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you. We thank you that because of Jesus, because of your son, because of his death on a cross and his resurrection from the grave, there is forgiveness in life with you. And because of that, we have forgiveness and we have joy like none other. So thank you for those gifts. And we now ask that you would grant us a faith to receive in this meal that forgiveness of sins, your son being present Um, the blessings of strength to live as your children. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. As we continue now with the distribution, if you're going to take communion where you're seated, and you have those elements Feel free during the song at any time 
to receive those elements in faith, believing that Jesus is present. If you're going to come forward for continuous uh, distribution, again, during that song, as the Spirit moves you, come forward. And if you desire to have gluten-free, just let us know. Or if you need and, and would prefer to have juice, let us know that as well, and we will serve you that. Again, may God bless this time together as we rejoice in his grace. Amen. Walls crumble and 
lives are changed In the midst of life's temptations He's there to see us through Well, this man of whom I sing Is here today for you and me His name is Jesus And you can call him as you Son of the Father, the Prince of Peace. They call him Hosanna, a lighthouse at sea, the rock of ages, and he's a friend to me. They call him Hosanna. Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life and for ministry. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that we can come to you at any time, at any place, and that you're always there. Prayer for Nancy that you work mightily, Lord, through radiation treatments to shrink the tumor and completely heal her. Cover her with your overwhelming peace and comfort and love. Prayers for Shauna. Prayers of a blessing on my godson, Jet, on his seventh birthday today. Have a great day today, buddy. Prayers for everyone that is in a hard times. Prayers for everyone that is sick and in the hospital that they recover. Prayers for everyone that has to travel for the holidays, that they get there safely. Prayers for everyone, for healing and good recovery for my 97-year-old grandpa. He had a heart attack last night. Prayer for Travis's aunt. She's having heart surgery, going into surgery tonight. Prayers that she gets through it okay and then heals quickly after surgery. Lord, we know that many are dealing with health struggles. We pray for your constant presence in their life, 
strength for the journey and healing power over them. And may your true miraculous power be known to them. Prayers for our daughter, Rebecca. She has a miserable case of COVID. Heal her and strengthen her. Prayers for Lydia to be safe as she starts her new life. Prayers for Don to be strong in God's grace and for continued growth in his faith. Prayers for Nathan and Idri's family to grow in faith and love. Prayer for Sawyer that he gets through this difficult struggle and help him have good test results on his knee that the MRI comes back and that he doesn't need surgery. Congratulations and prayers for the Mueller family on their adoption of Ethan. It was finalized on November 3rd. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers here this morning and the ones unspoken on our heart, that you hear us and you care for us, Father, and that you're just with us every step of the way. We just thank you for that, Lord. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You got to worry and be concerned when the pastor makes sure that he has enough battery in his battery pack. Because if all of a sudden it cuts out after five minutes, I don't know what I would do. So I think I have enough juice probably to go for an hour, but I won't. Uh, Week number two of Difference Maker. This morning, I get to church a little earlier than usual, about six o'clock, and I'm having a devotion. I'm thinking about the sermon, and I got this like light bulb moment, kind of just turned on. And it was about this, John 3.16. You're thinking, that's your light bulb moment? Let me, let, me, let me say it to you, and I want you to think about the connection between Difference Maker and John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The temptation, and I'll say the tendency, to think about, you know, we, we see God's love. Okay, I get that about Jesus. We won't perish. That's kind of good. And then we think eternal life is this thing that happens in the future. Eternal life begins when you're in Christ. So we get to be a difference maker now, not later. And so I want you to maybe think about John 3, 16 throughout the week and start thinking about, yes, God loved me so much that he sent his only son that I wouldn't perish, but I would be able to have life and that I would use that life to be a difference maker right now. That's why uh, somewhat connected to the theme difference maker is this concept of all in. And if you were here last week, we talked about uh, how does that all start? Sometimes... When you go all in on something, it's because of some 
discontentment, something that brews up inside of you. And I gave you a list, a, um, a group of different people throughout history that had a discontentment and then did something. And um, for those of you that were here last, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite characters, Popeye the Sailor Man. So fill in the blanks. Ready? Popeye the Sailor Man had a girlfriend, and her name was? Olive oil. Olive oil. And Popeye had a love for her like none other. I mean, you could, you could watch the little cartoons, and when he's around olive oil, you see these little hearts floating all over the place. I mean, he was like gushy-gushy all over her. I mean, it was the object of his love. But sometimes something got in the way of his love for olive oil and olive oil's love for him. Who was it? Brutus. Brutus or Bluto? I mean, last service, some people remember that one too. There were two, I don't get, they look kind of alike, but so they would get in the way. And there would be, be this moment. And I'm going to say the first phrase and you say the second phrase. Popeye getting all kind of whatever inside and he says, that's all I can stand. Can't stand no more. And he takes the uh, spinach, squeezes it, it pops in the air, it falls in his mouth, he gets big muscles, and then he takes care of Brutus, Bluto, and everything's back, and there's little hearts again in the cartoon. Now, I said last week, and I hope you remember, Popeye was not a real person. Okay? Yep, just a plain cartoon. And we're going to move from this idea of, of discontentment to a different, different place. And I'm going to put the word holy in front of it. Because there's a difference between being discontent and holy. And I have a definition that I've been working on, that I've read, I've seen, and I believe. And it's this. A holy discontent is when you experience an uneasy spirit about the brokenness of this world which aligns with the heart of God. It spurs us to take positive action to change the world. So as we start this journey and we continue this journey of being a difference maker as we talk about this idea, this, this concept of being all in. And as I've talked before about sometimes it's born out of this, this uneasy spirit. And when we connect it with an everlasting God, something's got to happen. And so I want to give you some real life historical people that we could look at in the Bible and we could see and they had a holy discontent. And the first person, and I hope it comes to mind, when you think about holy discontent is the person Jesus. In fact, as we think about the Trinity, right? God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It was on God's heart at the very beginning of time to have this kind of connection with his creation called mankind. But when sin happened, there was this separation and we would have the separation forever. And God had a holy discontent. He was not going to settle for that. And how much was he willing to do to deal with that, dis that disconnection? Give his only son. So Jesus came, born as a baby in Bethlehem, lived a perfect life. Uh, around the age of 30, he starts his public ministry. And then we see him at about 33 and a half making his way into Jerusalem. The holy discontent was driving him to do some things that only he could do. And it was to 
go into Jerusalem, allow himself to be arrested and beaten and put on a cross. And then after he died on that cross, he was placed into the tomb. And he allowed all of that to happen because of this holy discontent. Because he loves people like you and me and wants us to be in with him forever. And then we, we know he rises from the dead on the third day. And what a glorious story. And his love for us, his holy discontent continues to burn today for you and me. Let me give you a couple more examples and go back into the Old Testament. Uh, remember the story of Moses? St- Moses was born in a Jewish family. Uh, through the course of events, I won't get into all the details, he ends up being in Pharaoh's family. And he's a high-ranking official. He is like way up there. But something was going on in here. And it became evident, especially when you look at the storyline, when he is standing there and he is watching an Egyptian soldier beating a Jewish slave. It was almost as if you could hear it. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And he goes and takes care of business. His holy discontent was for the people of God. Beautiful. Or how about this one? The story of David. And we're just going to, one of the many stories we can talk about is just picture him bringing the lunch for his brothers. The brothers are going to get into this battle with the Philistines. And one of the Philistines' soldiers was really, 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 really big. A giant. And this really, 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 really big giant is making fun of his God. And the holy discontent grew within him so much that he put all the armor aside. He didn't need any of that. He was going to stand there as a young lad with a couple stones and a slingshot. And the rest is history. No one's going to make fun of his God. And now we get to the person that we're studying for these four weeks. And it's the person Nehemiah. And I could just tell you, yeah, he was a cupbearer to the king of Persia, That may mean something to you, but I want to give you a little backdrop to the story of Nehemiah. And it it really gives us a picture of what is the holy discontent for Nehemiah. Because if you think it's just about rebuilding a wall, we have part of the story, because there's more to it. Picture, if you would, this little nation called Israel. God says, I want you to be my nation. So he picks them and says, I want you to be my nation. And what he wanted was this beautiful relationship between the people of God and God himself. But after a while, the, the children of Israel said, you know what, we want to be like all these other nations. They have a king. We want a king. And God kept, he was saying, no, 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 you don't need a king, you have me. But ultimately, because they were relentless, it, it was as if God said, okay, have it your way. I know better So what happened over the course of history, and we can have a sermon series just based on this, what happened was the kings were not perfect, and the kings at times were rebellious and did things contrary to the word of God. And all of a sudden, things like immorality, idolatry, things like that crept into the children of Israel, and they became susceptible to a lot of evil. And that evil came as a result of all some nations that came up against them and their walls go down. They then get taken away off to Babylon and they're going to be held captive. Okay, That's the storyline. So then we find this Nehemiah person. 
and he hears about what happened to these people, and he was stirred. So, uh, last week I talked about this uh, endeavor, it's called One Word, and it's, it's something I use in coaching and counseling to get people to get focused on something, because there's so much out there, sometimes to focus in on one thing really helps you. And I was thinking about, if, if Nehemiah were here, and if Nehemiah were saying, okay, well, this is my one word, what would it be? I would say rebuild. Rebuild. But don't limit the vision of that. Because I think he, in his heart, understood, yeah, you got to do the wall because they need protection. But he also wanted to rebuild the heart of the people. To have them trust in God in the way that God wanted them to trust him. And so that's what he leaned in on. And so, I'm going to go over this, this process so you can, again, if you want to, on the back side of the, the bulletin here, you'll find the steps and how to do these things. Um, let me walk you through. So if you're looking at what is your one word, I want to encourage you to prepare and pray. Take significant and intentional time quietly before God. That might mean no cell phone, no TV, no computer, no people around you. Just get very quiet before God and pray. And praying, I believe, is two things. One, it's talking to God, but it's also listening to Him. So just be quiet and listen. And maybe something will come popping in your head like it did for me, like family. I really want my family to know about God's love and my love. And I'm, this is what 2022 is going to be. I'm going to be very intentional about that. That's what I'm going to do. So just get quiet and listen to God and then do that one word. Number two, as you have that one word, find scripture. God has a lot to say about a lot of things. And so my guess is whatever your one word is, God has something to say about it. So go to his word to find direction and meaning for you. Thirdly, share it with, uh, with each other. There's nothing like the body of Christ to encourage to pray for, to hold us accountable to this one word. And so share it. Share it with family, friends, neighbors. Share it with me. I would love to know what one word God has put on your life. Just please do, all right? And then last, live it out intentionally. Intentionally navigate life with this one word in the crosshairs. Watch what God will do through you. So I want to take you back in time, about 2,500 years, to an individual named Nehemiah who was stirred with a holy discontent. And I often say, if you want to know what somebody thinks and feels, listen to their prayers. So we're going to have the prayer shared. Mark is going to share this for us. If you're one of those kind of people that can close your eyes and feel like you're, you're totally safe, go ahead and do that. I, I think that would be really cool. But just tune out all the stuff and, and picture Nehemiah praying this prayer after he heard what was happening and what's on his heart. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love and those who love him, and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open 
to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Amen. I'd like to share with you five aspects that are woven through that prayer. And I'm, I'm going to be so bold to say this. If these five aspects are part of your life personally and part of your prayer life, I do believe God will give you a vision, a crystal clear vision for what he's calling you to do in life as you lean in to this. So let me uh, walk you through them really quickly, five different things, five aspects that are important. Uh, the first one that's obvious is right before the prayer, um, it says here, uh, Nehemiah questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. Uh, You've got to know that this, uh, the exile, they're, they're being taken away, happened when Nehemiah wasn't even born. He was born in somewhere in Persia area. So he has got this holy discontent that's burning within him about a place and people, a lot of people that he never met or even knew. So, number one, be ready for God to put a concern on your heart and listen and watch. Let's see. Secondly, conviction about God's character. O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and his commands. I'm just going to focus on the one word, awesome. Uh, We live in a world that we use the word awesome. And we put it on things or places that pale in comparison to God. Have you ever had an awesome pizza? Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know what you like. Deep dish, crispy crust. I mean, I don't know. Sausage, mushroom, onion. That's awesome. Kinda, right? Or how about this? You know, Lakeview won their football game. That's awesome! Is it? Yeah, it is. Depends what you compare it to. And I could go through a big, long list of things that we just flippantly throw out and we say awesome. But here's Nehemiah. What is shaping his prayer, what is shaping his vision, what's moving him inside is this awareness of how big and glorious God is. And I've said it before in this room and I'll say it again. I truly believe 
the bigger the picture of God that we have, the more it shapes our prayer life and also our life. So I'm going to say it again. I want you to let it sink in because for me, I struggle with this. There are times I could be in a circumstance going on and I'm forgetting about how awesome God is and I go to God like this. Oh God, you know, just you know, help somebody. And, and I'm just like just doing it because it's the thing to do versus really believing. So when we have a conviction, when we believe that there is nobody more awesome than God himself, it gets us going. Nothing's going to stop us because of who God is. Conviction. Third, yeah, confession of sin. And I'm not going to go through this, but there's one part in there that you could see up there. He didn't go like this. Maybe you've done it. I know I've done it. Lord, I want to pray for those people out there that are just so bad. What did he do in his prayer? He says this, I confess, confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. I really think that if we get honest with God and we lay that before him and we receive forgiveness from him, it's going to unleash something in us that is powerful. But if we deny that, right, First John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which then takes all that stuff off so we could be what God wants us to be. And that's all in. All right, next one. Confidence in God's promises. So remember this. This is Nehemiah 1. Remember, so he's going back in time. I'm not sure quite where this was um, prophesied, but remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for them. I mean, there it is. God said it. And God always completes what he says. He is faithful to every single word. Nehemiah knew that so that as he is leaning into this one word aspect of rebuild, he knows that God is serious about this too. So he is not stepping out on something that's just his own. Remember, that uneasy spirit that connects with the heart of God, when that combination goes on, watch what will take place. All right, the last one, commitment to get involved. Oh, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was a cupbearer to the king. He's asking God, you do it. I'm committed. I'm all in. I understand the risk. And I shared this before. Remember, when he found out what was happening with the, the children of Israel, he could have, like maybe we would be tempted, to take a step back and say, oh, so sad, so bad. I'm a cupbearer to the king of Persia. I've got it pretty good. But I'll pray for those people. But that's not what he did. And he was willing to risk his life to go to the king and say, king, I want to do something about this. And Nehemiah knows. He knows the risk. Because 
if you're a loyal cupbearer, you would be a, a cupbearer forever until you die. And asking to be released is actually asking to be killed. But this holy discontent was burning in him so much that he was willing to risk. So now bringing this whole idea of a uh, difference maker, bringing this idea of being all in. You saw this last week. I'm going to bring it before you. And I just want you to let this sit in your heart and mind for a little bit. And, and I hope you believe it because I believe this with my whole heart. Um, I told you that I, you know, we talked to staff. We prayed about it. Went to the leadership team. I went to past presidents of the congregation. And this concept, we believe wholeheartedly that when more people at once see the sanctuary are all in, we will make greater kingdom impact than ever before. What does that mean? What does that look like? Last week, you know, we had those little snippets about worship. To be all in for worship. It's changing today, the culture of worship for people. I remember a time, and I didn't go to church. I just felt guilty about not going to church. It was, you go every week. Now we have so many different things that are taking place in our life. It can maybe happen, maybe not happen. And whether online or in person, or how about this? Day in and day out. Can you imagine what would happen if we, we, we would worship God with opening our Bibles, talking to him in prayer, that we make it part of our rhythm of who we are, what we do, and what we're known about. Can you imagine? Wow. Secondly, and we talked about this with those snippets, small groups. It was God's idea. It's not like somebody that said, boy, it would be really a good strategy to get people together, you know, and here's five reasons why. When God made Adam, the first thing he noticed was it's not good for him to be alone. This idea of community has been on God's heart since the beginning. It's still on his heart today. So I don't know if you've experienced small group or community I want to encourage you to do that and start thinking about that, and we're going to um, encourage that. And then all in, in being generous. And maybe this is a perfect time. Hopefully in the chair backs around you, maybe you can grab one or see one. Um, at the end of our series, we're going to be talking about and giving you an opportunity to say, you know what, I want to be all in. And I, I you know, encourage me, help me, you know, work with me. But here's just a, a way to be looking at it. I believe when we talk about being generous, it means being generous with everything. Like this first section says, being generous with your time and talents. You, because of God, have time and talents. It's different. All right? If you took a breath today, okay, in the last moment, or hopefully you did, We'll find out soon if you aren't. That breath is a gift from God, and that's time on this earth. And he has a thought about that. So as, as we start thinking, okay, I have 24-7, I have 365. Okay, God, I want you to tell me how I can use my talents and my time for your glory. Okay? There's also on the back side, we talk about being generous with our treasures. That's the joy basket. There's different ways that we could be giving financially. That, that's an important part, too. 
But, you know, in, in my years of ministry, so often we could talk about being generous and using your time and talents, and people walk away going, yeah, did you hear the pastor? All he did is talk about money. So I want you to walk away here saying, yeah, he did talk about money. He also talked about time and talents. And you'll see a list here. This is not comprehensive. There's more opportunities for you to use your time and talents for the glory of God. So just please, please, please be thinking about that. All right. I'm going to take you on a journey, and this is a participation thing. And the faster you participate, the faster we'll be done. Okay? So, holy discontent. The wall is down. What did Nehemiah do first when he heard about the wall being down? Anybody remember? Yeah, fasted and prayed. Very good. Prayer. So, did he have opposition? Yes, and we're going to talk about that. So as God is calling us to be all in, as he's calling us to to be his disciples, his believers, his followers, I think the enemy, I think I said this last week, there is what's called the law of Lucifer. Whatever God is for, Lucifer is against. So as you get this one word and God is calling you to do something, the enemy's going to come and do whatever he can to try to distract you. But we have a tool called prayer that can be used at any time, any place, for any situation. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let me go through this. The first one. When you have this holy discontent, your marriage is struggling, what's, what's the first thing you should do? Okay, somebody's really brilliant back there. Thank you. I'm hoping it trickles up here. All right, how about this one? My health is failing. What's the first thing to do? Okay. My children are wayward. My finances aren't enough. The world's morals are so troubling. People are facing a Christless eternity. And that's what this is about. I hope you understand. We're going to talk about all in, first and foremost, because God was all in for us. Right? Jesus, my son, my only son. And then he's looking at you and saying, you know, would you trust me? And we're going to talk about what that looks like. But we have the ultimate example of Jesus himself. All right, so let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing, and we'll have our closing song. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But an empty world can sell his empty dreams. Got lost in the light when it was up to me.
and serve the Lord. Jesus
clock, the hours roll, they never stop, and I can't ever seem to get ahead. Always trying to do what's right, straight and narrows getting tight. Don't know how much longer I can stand. And I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering, where's my promised land? If I had only known the last time would be the last time I would have put off all the things I had to do I would have stayed a little longer Held on a little tighter Now what I'd give for one more day with you Cause there's a wound here in my heart where something's missing 
And they tell me that it's gonna heal with time But I know you're in a place Where all your wounds have been erased And knowing yours are healed is healing mine The only scars in heaven That won't belong to me and you There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven Are on the hands that hold you now anything but easy You picked up your share of scars along the way oh, But now you're standing in the sun You fought your fight and your race is run The pain is all a million miles away The only scars in heaven It won't be There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven yeah, Are on the hands that hold you now Until I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run Until I finally see what you can see Oh, the only scars in heaven They won't belong to me and you There'll be no such thing as broken Scars in heaven Or on the hands that hold you now
the thing.